Oh, shit. Sam O'Reilly with a Fight Talk podcast. Oh, my Lord. I can't remember the last time I sat down in front of this fucking dictaphone and made a podcast. Like, genuinely can't. It must be four months. Um, it's a long time. And a lot's changed. A hell of a lot's changed. Um, I fell off, you know. There's no, there's no two ways about it. I fell off. Life got in the way. Richie went and had a kid, so he fell off, he's done, he's out. And it was, um, it was difficult to get motivated to do anything, you know. Things changed, a lot changes. It's, um, it's difficult to stay motivated, and especially as there hasn't been any boxing for so long that has really grabbed me, do you know what I mean? Like, really, really got me intrigued and just fucking buzzing about boxing. It's been so long that it's been hard to get any motivation ahead of me um to do this and to to sit down but what i have found is therapeutic i think to discuss boxing at the bad times as well as the good um and like i'm working away from home in a minute have been for three three weeks or something like that and i'm so bored i thought you know what all these thoughts going around my head about about boxing why not just fucking record them and put them out there i thought i can't just do that i can't just my own opinions so what i'm going to do with the new format i don't know how regular they're going to be i'm not going to commit to anything and talk shit but what i'm going to do is catch up phone interview wise like little 15 20 minute interviews with fighters that i know and you know about fights coming up and what's going on with them and stuff and i'm going to insert them into the podcast because as of right now there's no plans to do it with anyone regularly you know i've had talks with people and stuff but it's the commitment issue as it always has been and always will be when you're doing putting out free content you know life comes first it is what it is so i'm gonna see how this goes man like already i feel weird talking to a dictaphone and not (laughs) not a person because i've never really done this you know i mean it's always been someone else to talk to and 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 banter with and and you know share ideas and disagree and whatever yeah so it's it's slightly different for me so it feels it feels weird because you're just in a room on your own talking out loud and it's a bit strange i'm not gonna lie but yeah it's just it is definitely therapeutic you know what i mean you talk to boys you be at work and guys don't really know boxing and you can't really share like boxing i've said it so many times boxing is such a niche sport like from the casuals that come big big fights that Apart from AJ fights and maybe Fury fights, they don't really have any knowledge of boxing. And I've noticed this so much lately that when you're not in constant contact with your guys that are boxing guys, it's difficult to really have a proper discussion. Like, it's it's, it's hard. So that's why I kind of want to put these out and have more discussions with people that might hopefully listen to this and tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me, tell me I'm talking shit and this is the reason why. And... Boy, I'll, I'll listen to anyone, man. I'll have a discussion with anyone. And if someone's right and they can change my mind, then listen, I'm open-minded enough and I'm not pig-headed enough to go, yeah, I think you're probably right. And I mean, I, when I told the dictaphone that, I was wrong. So, yeah, like I want to start talking about the, the YouTube fights. Like it, The last time we did a podcast, I think I had my kids on it for jokes to talk about Logan Paul KSI. That's how long ago it was. Um, and that happened and the numbers were astronomical if you look at social media but more than that if you look at the youtube numbers 
on a on boxing social for example the the numbers that saying the numbers don't lie is 100% truth um and this is the reason Eddie Hearn does it the the most recent one that Gibb kid um and Anderson Gibb Anderson Gibb that fight was was a disgrace and you know I I think the numbers again were were unbelievable and Boxing Social and IFL and everyone does well out of it. Everyone that's saying everyone eats is is not a lie. It's one hundred percent true. But when I watched that, and I watched them two guys in that ring, Jake Paul and him, a little part of me died, man. Like a little bit of my love for boxing just slowly dissipated. And I get, I truly get the argument. Just don't watch it then. I won't. Trust me, I won't watch another one. But it. It's pretty sad that that's been put out. The limited, high-quality content we're getting. You know, the, the fight before that was a world title fight. And then you put that on. And the limited free-to-air boxing we get, albeit the KSI one was obviously pay-per-view, but the limited free-to-air boxing we get, and you're going to take one of the slots because you want to put these guys on. It's It was unreal. And I, I, I stand by the belief that those guys were not white collar level like that that's how how adamant i am that that was just just terrible the lack of quality and the lack of anything should not be on a professional boxing platform on sky sports that's my opinion of it no matter how much everyone gets to eat out of it and how much you know it's it's right it's not that regular it's every couple of months maybe but is that too much? I don't know. It's hard to stay clear when you go on boxing Twitter and for the foreseeable, like the, everything you see around that time is, is regarding that. The YouTubers and the fights and the, the views and the terrible, terrible press conferences and yeah, they, they can't, they can't. I, I just hope, I really hope that they're, I, I don't think Eddie's going to stop doing them because the money will continue to flow, but I hope the interest from anyone sort of dissipates a little bit and we hopefully get an end to these YouTube fights because it's pretty, pretty fucking dire. Um, haven't had a big fight. We're with the first week of Feb. January is always pretty quiet in in boxing in Britain, especially. Um, you know, Tevin Farmer lost his world title on that card. Andrade beat Luke Keeler as expected on that card, but we haven't had a really big fight. Obviously, we're a couple of weeks away from Wilder Fury too, which undoubtedly the biggest fight of the year um but as of right now could be the biggest fight in a long time if we're honest because of the drama of the first fight and things like that so that's going to be a massive fight but in britain we haven't got any any big fights sky don't seem to be making any big fights there's a kel brook show um a sky show with kel brook on it that's this saturday Depending when I put this out, it could have been already gone. But Kelbrook in a fight that, all right, he's had a little while out again, but it's not a real, really a fight that anyone's getting excited about. Uh, I guess the same could be said about his entire career at this moment in time because he's not the big names aren't they're not they don't seem to be happening for him for one reason or another. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Dave Allen's on the card against Dorian Darch. Um, should be a routine victory. So I guess, I guess I don't know. I, the best fight I think we've got to look forward to is Shakan Peters and Craig Richards on the Channel Five bill and Hennessy. 
which you know surprised a hell of a lot of people that they they won the purse bid over Eddie Hearn. It didn't surprise me as much because Eddie doesn't seem to back Spider Richards. Um, you know, people will have their opinions of why, and you know, everyone's entitled to that reasoning, but. It's difficult. It's going to be a difficult one. It's up in Coventry at the end of March. Um, it's a good fight, man. Shakan Peters is a good, good fighter, and he's he's thirty years old himself now. You know, he won the Ultimate Boxer, which obviously launched his name into the public. Not many people outside of uh, his local area would have known about him. So it's a big fight for him, for his following. Craig Spider Richards, we've all known about for years. So this is a good fight for the British title, obviously, light like heavyweight title that Boatsy vacated. Um, yeah, it's a good fight, man. It's intriguing. It's really intriguing. If Shekhan can use his, he, he's a big guy. You know, he's a big light heavy. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if Craig's skills can, because Craig's not small, but if he can use his skills to get inside and do a little bit more inside work rather than being kept on the outside by Shekhan Pitters, then I think he's got a good good chance of winning the fight. But um, even more intriguing for me on that night is the return of Isaac Chamberlain. Isaac Chamberlain, who's been in the wilderness for a long, long, long time. He's been over in Miami training. He was due to have a fight in America at some point last year, back end of last year. Didn't happen. I don't know why. And was due to be chatting with him this week. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get that done. And if I do, um, I'm just I'm just interested to know what you know what's happening with him because that guy is too talented to be sat on the shelf for as long as he has been. Um, I let a lot of shit outside the ring Obviously after the Akoli fight with his Uncle and manager Ted Bami I don't know what's happened with all of that stuff I don't know if that's been part of the stumbling block But he should be fighting regularly That Luke Watkins fight was a great fight he Won it just Just by a, a round or two But he's got some Fun fights in him You know that cruiserweight division has got some excellent British uh, British fighters in it now You know the Billum Smiths and Sam Hyde, Dion Juma, Akoli, Reactpool. There's some big fights there. Albeit Akoli obviously has beat Isaac and is now on the, the verge of world level. But yeah, where we're at with Isaac, get in there, hopefully get a, a victory or two and then start getting his name in there with the big British dust-up fights again. That's where he needs to be. Um, what's else happening? We've got Josh Taylor's just... That's, that's a weird one, Josh Taylor for me. Um, Regis Progre was the last time we saw him Obviously end of October Unified and became the Ali Trophy winner And then since that fight Has now left Shane and Barry McGuigan at Cyclone And has gone to MTK as management side That bit I can kind of get my head around uh, If there's been a breach of contract Or disagreement contract wise You know you could, you're within your rights to leave your management Um However, I can't understand why he's left his trainer. Obviously, Shane is Barry's son and his loyalties will remain with his father. But they, you know, he went from from the early part of his career, the start of his career, to be unified champion in 16 fights. And he's now actively pursuing new trainers. Um, it's crazy to me. He's going to be promoted by top rank in the US MTK management deal, you know, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a pretty cool thing to do. It's a MTK making massive strides, and he'll be boxing in America predominantly. 
I'd imagine, but there, there is that capability now with top rank working with Warren. He could be on a Warren show, even Eddie. So there's, there's. Listen, he may, you may still fight here, but I just can't get my head around the trainer situation. He may go with Booth. I saw him. Someone mentioned Ben Davison. <laughs> there's options, but I just, it just baffles me why you would change something that isn't broken, and yeah, you don't want it to be to be sour Shane's a wonderful trainer regardless of what the other side is the management the, f the family his dad the cyclone obviously we've seen it all with Frampton and, and a lot of bullshit that we won't necessarily be privy to happens but I just think it's pretty sad that Josh Taylor is no longer with Shane McGuigan but we'll, we'll see what happens from there you know yeah, recording now, Dean Richardson, Southern I area. Fuck off, I've just pressed record, you prick. <laughs> no, um, Southern area champion now, Dino, mate. You've come a long way since we first did, did that interview in my car many years ago. Wow, outside oh, Westfield. Yeah. Witnessing a man pick up a tree right next to the car. What was you, about fucking 19 years old, 20 years old? I was grooming you from early then, wasn't I? Oh, I was probably 20, mate. Yeah, I must have been 20. 24 now, yeah? 24 now, yeah. Southern area champion. Obviously, your last your last fight, you won it uh, with a fucking beautiful knockout of Nathan Graham. Um, yeah, right, mate. Yeah, what's it like, man? Listen, you've been working you've been working towards this for a number of years. You're 11 and 0 now, Southern area champion. Has the has the has it has it been the path been the way you would have liked it? Um, yeah, I can't really have any issues with how my career's come so far. Um, obviously, it started off with some low-level judgment, I guess you could call it, um, and then sort of made made my way up the sort of level of journeyman because uh, I've went five and over five stoppages and then worked my way up to the more durable, durable journeyman. Uh, and some that would actually give a few problems back rather than just blast out. And uh, and then, yeah, we were obviously meant to fight Nathan in a final eliminator for the Southern area, but we had to pull out last minute. And then got some nutty Russian bloke who, who come to have it. So I think that was a good, a good warm-up to actually thank, actually thank Nathan for the Southern area. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy with the way my career's gone so far. Yeah, you um, you boxed William Warburton, who he retired yesterday. You know that. Yeah, I know. I feel that. He, um, I wouldn't say he sadly missed, but he used to give give people a few problems. So <laughs> it's going to be, uh, a bit relieving. I the glove. Yeah, he's a, he's a top man. He's one of them. It depends what mood he was in when he turned up, wasn't it? And um, yeah, well, I remember when I beat him, he just knocked out Aaron Morgan. So I beat him on point. A few weeks later, and it sent my rankings right up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out, William Woodburn. <laughs> um, you're defending your southern area on uh, yeah. 14th of March, is it? Uh, 14th, yeah. Yeah, Comrade Stempkowski. What do you know about him? Because yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Dean. I don't know a lot about the geezer. He's 9 and 2. Um, I think he's from Reading Way, Bracknell Way, or something like that. Yeah. But I, I don't know a lot about him. Um, do you? And have you had to study him or look up his stuff? Or do you know about him? What's, what's the deal with him? Well, I won't, I won't lie to you. I, I, I didn't know too much about him either. Um, 
Steve fucking names out there. And I said, look, Steve, I don't, I don't mind you. I'll fight. I'll leave up to you and Gary. Uh, they decided, and Conrad said he was 9-2. and two. Um, He'd only lost to George Lamport, who who only fight I've seen is against uh, Conrad, but I know he, he's up there in the rankings. And uh, it, it, I thought he'd gone 10 rounds of Kieran Conway, but I, I uh, recently found out it was only 8 rounds. But um, I thought, right, Kieran Conway's up there at British level, and he went the distance with him. If I can get him out of there and uh, look good against him, like, it'll, be a, it'll be a big statement, obviously, defending Southern Area. Um, so yeah, I've watched him. Uh, I've got I've got an idea in my head how I'm gonna approach the fight. So, so yeah, that's about it, really. That's all, that's all I've really seen about him. Two, two or three fights. Yeah, it was only it was only like three or four months ago he went the eight rounds with Conway. So he's got it in him to yeah, to, to, to last fight. Yeah, yeah. So he's got it in him to be a tough man. Conway is the the biggest of. Of punches, and uh, it was George Lamport, and he stopped him. Um, I ain't gonna be looking for the stoppage. I, I really want to show my boxing skill. Now, a few people have, uh, have said that I can't box, which I find uh, not uh, offensive, really, mate. But just because I'm up, not up on my toes, like they may have, or a lot of shanks, I don't mean I can't box. I, I think I'm more of a like Errol Spence. People don't say that he can't box. I feel like I, I'm, I'm more like that. I do things subtly that a lot of people won't see but is very effective and that's the reason why I'm getting the stoppages. Who said you can't box, Dean? A few people compare me to other people, mostly people that won't fight me, if I'm honest. Yeah. I'll put that out there. Is this, do you think your last fight at Southern Area level, the plan to get get a nice nice um, performance in? Um, you know, I know you're still only yeah. 24, but you're on, you're on that good path now. Nice trajectory. Um, you know, you're in the stable with Gary Logan, running it up there. With Dean Dion Juma, who's just defended his English, and the, the the trajectory of you boys is is nothing but positive and upwards. So, do you think this will be your last yeah. Southern Area level, and then you're hoping to move on to English straight away, or what's what's the, what's ideal for I you? Mean, I mean, I'd love to obviously defend the title, and then Obviously, I touched on Dion Jumo, who's in your 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 train not training partner, but in the same camp, in the same gym. What was that away day like up in Wivenshaw on Joe Gallagher's show when he boxed Sam Hyde? That looked insane on the oh. clips I saw. It was, oh, it was great. It was a day to remember, mate. I'll tell you that. Fucking, to about thirty of us went up there, not a single ticket between us. <laughs> and uh, lagged our way in one way or another, and uh, so I got. Look, you've been really polite, you ain't caused no trouble, I'll let you in. 
Close enough. close fight by all accounts and Sam Hyde's a great fighter as well to be fair but um, yeah. yeah Dion's on the verge of them big big fights now and he the react pause he obviously wants and yeah, yeah. he's so, he's so mentally strong Dion um, he's so focused as well he's very almost He's a focused man, Dion, isn't he? He's very, he's very focused. Very focused. Yeah, nice. No, a good, it's a good time for you lot as well. Sammy McNess is coming back soon, I believe. So it's. Yeah, he, I'll tell you this now. No, he had that loss to. McKinson. Um, yeah, and the senior bye foods. I mean, uh, yeah. It's huge to his friend, Maybe he's fucking draining himself. Ain't done, done himself no favors. It's that thing that a lot of fighters do, isn't it? Get as, get as small, yeah, get as low as I can. Well yeah. Yeah. Thirteen pounds is a lot as well, and you can be comfortable. Yeah, I think it's guys have to get that happy medium. You see it a lot where they go up a weight and they they look better, they look more comfortable, and they can actually hit harder. It's weird, isn't it? Remember when people used to say you could make welterweight, Dean? <laughs> I know, mate. I was 20 years old, I think. On my debut, I struggled to get down to, I think, about 70 or kilos. I mean, I do it easier now. I've got the right techniques and everything. But if you look at me in my debut, I, I had nothing on me. And there was no way I, I was ever going to make welterweight as a professional. Yeah. What's, what's the crack then? What are you doing tonight? You, you, will you train once a day, twice a day? What do you do? Get in there and get that belt defended. Show a few people that you can box. Try not to knock him out too early. And um, <laughs> I'll um, I'll, I'll try and make it. 
All right, Miss Richardson. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to leave you to it. I'll leave you to it, Dino, right? I'll see you soon, mate. All right, mate. Take, take, care. take care, Dino. Ta-da. Bye. So, yeah, obviously, that was Dino Richardson. Um, the connection, don't think, was wonderful. Jumped in and out a couple of times. Hopefully, I can salvage it when I come to put it all together. But, yeah, good, good, good lad, Dino. And a very, very good fighter. Um, he's going to be in a lot better fights, bigger fights as he goes through his career, no doubt. He can bang and, he, uh, as you heard, he says he can box as well. But um, good stable there that Gary Logan's got down in uh, BXR. So, yeah, some fun fights for Dino. And he's on a very good, very good, good win boxing show on March the 14th. Um, so, yeah, no, exciting times for Dino. Um I will have one or two more interviews this week ready for this episode. Um, but before that, I want to just touch on something that is, you know, it's all over boxing Twitter. So to not mention it would be pretty fucking stupid. Umar, IFL Umar. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, you must be living under a fucking rock. But essentially old tweets of his have come out and they are not very favourable to... Some people that he interviews, such as Kel Brook and Tyson Fury. But worse than that, he... I don't think he said it himself. He quoted, tweeted... Um, it's something about people from Liverpool and connotations regarding Hillsborough. And very ill... Ill-judged jokes, but from many years ago. They're from three, four, five years ago. Now, <clears throat> my opinion on it... I had dealings with Umar around that time, three or four years ago, when we had the the website, fighttalk.net, and he, you know, he was very keen to get involved in boxing however he could. He would send us articles to that needed a hell of a lot of editing, and, you know, he was a young man that, he was trying to find his way, find a place in boxing, and he would, he would associate, and um, not associate, that's the wrong word, he would interact with everyone on boxing Twitter like we all do. Um, and then he got the IFL gig and, you know, he pissed off a lot of people because for some reason he decided to block everyone or many people that he had interactions with and that had tried to get him gigs in boxing because it wasn't just us at Fight Talk. There was many others that were trying to help him and give him advice. And then as soon as he got the IFL gig, he seemed to, to fuck everyone off. And that was, you know, what happened. But that was a number of years ago and... You know, I, I previously have said some things about his interviewing technique when he was interviewing small hall fighters that I didn't rate it and it was irrelevant questions he asked. And in the last 18 months or two years, I'd say the boy is, he's kicked on massively and he's improved as an interviewer and his interviews are very watchable. And I see him at shows and we always say hello and stuff. And I feel like he's grown up a bit just from my own personal appearance, uh, opinion and you know, what I've seen of him, he seems to have grown up in the three or four years I've been interacting and sort of known him a little bit. But, but it's very hard to excuse some of the things he said. I'm not a fan of people really trying to throw him under the bus like they are, do, are doing and going back to look for... I mean, who who sat there and went back three or four years or five years through his tweets? That's mad. That is mad. I can't believe someone did that, but... They want whoever did it obviously had their reason because like I said I know he pissed people off when he did the the way he the way he sort of disregarded people that 
had been trying to help him and interacted with and stuff. So it was definitely strange. Um, and, you know, it, it would appear that things he said in his past are going to come back to bite him. IFL issued a statement that he's sort of taking a break. Um, they're sort of thinking about it and stuff. I would imagine, realistically, they'll probably let him go. But it would be more to the fact that how uh, you can't send him to a show and really not know how he's going to be perceived and received rather by certain fighters and certain members of the media and it's going to be difficult for him I, I personally don't think he should be sacked but I can understand the thinking um, and as I tweeted yesterday I would probably feel different if I was from Liverpool and it was very personal to me you know the things that he said so I think all of us have an opinion on it, like all of us do on every single subject matter that we that comes up on social media. I think we have to remember we were young once and not persecute the boy and make out that he's fucking something worse than... You know, there's got to be a little bit of context. It was bad shit what he said. He was an idiot child, an idiot young man to say the stuff he did. Probably an element of being Charlie Big Potatoes. But I can honestly say, like, I'm glad there weren't social media around when I was 15, 16 or 17 or whatever he was. Because we all grow, man. And we all say dumb shit. But social media has allowed us a platform to put that out to the world. And he probably had a couple of hundred followers at the time. I thought it was a bit fucking funny and make people chuckle on that. And now he happens to be part of MTK, a global brand with a couple of million followers across, I don't know all their fighters and social media platforms and shows and stuff and they're a global brand now and this has come back to bite him what he should have done was delete his twitter and restarted it when he joined for ifl a brand new account he didn't and it's come back to bite him on the arse unfortunately for him um time will tell what happens with him but yeah that's my two pennies that i think is probably a lot more personal to people from liverpool and we should probably remember we've all said some dumb shit that didn't happen to go out to an audience that you you know there's no way whom I would have known that in these many years when he's when he's got quite a big following and he's sort of got a little bit of a name for himself in boxing that these would reappear so it's a lesson for anyone boy I tell you what I'm gonna fucking show my kids I sound like such an old man but I'm gonna tell my kids there's the proof anything you put out on social media can and will be used against you in a public court regardless you know there's probably employers I mean, employers won't want to touch it. It's going to be difficult. Fuck me, it's difficult. But yeah, that's that's my two pennies on that. Hopefully, got another interview coming up to put in now. Chris Congo on the phone. Um, a guy I've known for a number of years, man. One of the the I don't I don't like to say prospect because I I feel like you can mix it with the top guys in this country, but you haven't you haven't had the the opportunities to display it yet. First of all, my brother, how you been? You good? Yeah, I've been blessed, man. How have you been? Yeah, my, all good, mate. I fell off a little bit, I won't lie, but um, yeah, my alarm's going off to ring you, but no, I'm, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. It's been a long time since I caught up with you, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. How's things over there in the uh, in Loughton? Oh, uh, you know what? Things are great, you know. Everything's going well. Um... Obviously, I'm still with Jimmy Mack. We've been doing, doing some hard work as usual, getting the rounds in, also inspiring, getting the runs in. Everything a fighter needs to prepare for war, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, it's a long time you've been inactive, Chris, and unfortunately, that's been something that's it's, it's frustrating for me as a, as a fan of you, as a fighter, first and foremost. It's frustrating for me, so I can't imagine what it's been like for you, man. Listen, it's been very frustrating for me, but the main thing is um, me staying in the gym, which has been key. So, out of, let's say, the ten, nine, ten months I've, I've not boxed, out of that, I've been in the gym at least eight months. And the times where I ain't been in the gym is obviously recovering, resting the body, which is which is also part of training anyway. Yeah. It's, if you don't get any rest, you burn yourself out. So, yeah, like I said, nine times out of ten, I've been in the gym anyway. Yeah, you've boxed on some different shows. And have you now got a, a set, plan in place i mean i know you had a, you had a management change not too long ago i believe and things were, were up in the air and stuff so what's your what's your situation with your with your management and your promotional side um right now i've signed with uh dylan white now and um in terms of promotional things i think uh that's gonna happen in the next few fights i just gotta get the fights in yeah. which is what I'm going to do with Dylan. And then once I secure myself with a promoter, then, yeah, we'll just go from, we'll just go from when we uh, get the fights in first. Yeah, do you feel like you're, um, not the, I don't want to say the forgotten man, Chris, but you know, you see, like, the even the Southern Area title fights that are going, and there's some really good fighters and really good fights and that, but your name doesn't tend to get mentioned with these guys at the moment, and... That's a, that feels like a shame. Like, it, it, does it feel like that to you? Does it feel like that people seem to have forgotten a little bit about you? Like the scene itself, people yeah. don't don't seem to mention you as much. Because um, I haven't been elected. Yeah. yeah. If I was actively fighting, then with like last year, if I had about three fights, my name would have been known. I would have beat Tyrone Nas. I would have boxed again and probably boxed for a title. And that would have been three, four fights there. And I would have been up pretty high in the rankings. Yeah. That time on nurse situation was mad. Was it fight week that fight fell off? It was, yep, fight week. So I found out, I started hearing rumours, but I still kept my mind on, on the, the actual fight. And then I think a couple of days before, he pulled out. So I was trying to look for an opponent. Then uh, I think we had uh, something, someone, someone called Dixon, Sutton Dixon, Craig Dixon. I'm not too sure. Yeah. He accepted the fight, but he was like, he was. Um, I think he was about twelve. Uh, no, not even twelve. I think he was about fifteen to twenty pounds over the weight weight limit. So it, it didn't make any sense for me. Yeah. Been a, it's been a one of them things. It's just at, at to this point, it seems to have just been an unluckiness. Like it's just just one of them. But the boxing boxing business is a mad thing, isn't it? And getting it right is going to be all important for you now, coming into this stage of your career. Yeah, hundred percent. What's it? 
obviously you got Dillian now, so you're going to be promoted with Dillian. I've seen Isaac Chamberlain was in the gym with you recently for a little training session. Do you feel like the old days, back to the Brixton boys? <laughs> yeah, a bit, yeah. But, you know, Isaac started it off. It was him and Ted Bammy, then I came along. And then that's when Richard, John Harding come, Eric McConzo and a few other boys come down. So it did feel a little bit like that, yeah. Alright, well when when can we, I know there's certain things you can and can't say and stuff, but when do you reckon you'll be announcing the fight date and, you know, when when we look to see you out, really? Um, definitely in March, I should be up. I've got, obviously I've got the date and opponent ready, but um, yeah, just can't really say anything. The show hasn't been announced, so yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I just can't wait to get back in there. And I'm going straight in. I'm not going to take any six rounders or eight rounders. We're going straight in. Yeah, I think, listen, you're a guy that's always in the gym. I remember coming down and seeing some of your sparring sessions with with guys that are about to fight for, for titles. And, you know, everyone that knows boxing knows Chris Congo and the talents you have. And uh -huh. I, I just I look forward to seeing you put it, put it on display, man. And people will really, really start talking about you in the... Him with the big domestic fights, man. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Definitely. Listen, Chris, I appreciate your time, man. I know long day training, as always. Um, it, it's good to catch up with you, mate. And um, listen, I'll come down and see you soon when I'm back in the area. Yeah, definitely. Come down. You're more than welcome. Definitely. Chris, thank you, my friend, and I will speak to you soon. No problem. Bye, Cheers, mate. Bro. Bye, bro. So with this new format, it's going to be like over a few days. Um, obviously I couldn't get all the fighter interviews that I want to put into this podcast done on one day it just, it's not realistic, you know what I mean um, people are busy I'm busy, it is what it is, but what it does it gives me it, it, you know, the podcast is sort of recorded over the space of a few days or a week depending what what's happening at the time, but so you can you kind of get updates on certain things you've covered and stuff and earlier on I touched on Umar Ahmed's situation at IFL and today he released a statement apologising as, as I suspected he would but I just found it absolutely bizarre that the Daily Mail picked up on it and, and put it put it on Daily Mail online because generally like day to day they don't really tend to cover anything positive within boxing it just it, it just it's crazy to me and it's is it any wonder we have an outrage culture in this country when our broadsheet newspapers or just only post negative things when it comes to certain certain things and boxing is one of them. You never see any of the positive stories covered. Not that I'm an avid Daily Mail reader, don't get me wrong. Maybe I am fucking wrong, but it just makes me laugh to see that something negative like this comes up and for some reason one of their writers felt the need to, to post about it and... Just fucking baffled me to be honest, but is what it is, mate. I guess it's it's the way of the world nowadays, isn't it? So yeah. Um one or two more interviews to come into this episode and then I'll sort of finish off at the end. Because obviously with the old podcast I'd have Richie to bounce off and Craig Scott when he was here. Um it's a very different vibe, like I'm a funny motherfucker when I wanna be, but it's pretty hard to sit here and make jokes when you're sitting on your own. So it's going to be difficult. Like, 
on a Sunday when we did the pod, we'd ask for questions and then that gave us topics. That, that gave us uh, talking points. Whereas now, with this format, I don't have it. So what I think I'm going to do um, is probably ask for topics to cover, you know, throughout one point of the episode or um, just maybe just general general ideas or gen, general thoughts on specific topics within boxing and put my opinions across regarding that. Um, I think that's the only way it's going to work. Um, and obviously talking about what's going on within boxing at the time. As I say, when I am at home back in Essex regularly, I would like to to link up with someone regular so that you have someone to bounce off because it's it's definitely my preference because sitting here on my own talking to the dictaphones a little bit fucking odd if we're honest, but it is what it is. I'm gonna keep doing this format and while I you know, while I don't have many other options, but yeah, I'm gonna keep trying to add these little short five to 10 or 15 minute interviews in hopefully the quality of them holds up um but the idea of them is just informal chats with guys in boxing you know people sitting at home on their phones and just having a candid chat rather than having to be in front of ifl or or boxing social and giving a a really you know professional type interview i want people to relax and just have a chat and yeah that's essentially the idea around this so another interview to come now on the phone, my boy Isaac Chamberlain Chambo. Oh my lord, long time, man, long time. How are you, bro? Yeah, I'm very good, boss. I'm very good. Talk to me, man. Talk to me. This this inactivity that that you've you've had this it's been a nightmare for you, man. Like we've been in contact, you know, briefly. You've been jetting all around the world, training, never stopped training. I know that, but tell me what's been going on, man. Oh, literally. Um... It's just been a bit, it's been a hard road, you know. It's been a hard road, but it's it's definitely testing my character. Because sometimes I think God tries to test you in mysterious ways, in terms of knowing how bad you want this. And He knew how bad I wanted it in the ring, because obviously the, the dislocated my shoulder in one fight, and I still won. I broke my rib in one fight, I still won. You know, even with the holy fight, I broke my knee and I carried on to the end. Like so, he knows I can. I have what he takes in the ring, but most of the most of the politics in boxing is outside the ring. Yeah, yeah. You've um, you know, last time I saw you, I think I came to your gym at the time. You were training down in Sutton. Um, Jorge Rubio was was training you. Like that was crazy. You had a new lease of life. You know, legendary trainer. And um, things things were all positive at that point. And then I know you were supposed to. You went to America. You were training in Miami. Um, yeah. So what was the situation there? Um, literally. Uh, oh my days! I want to say so much stuff, but I can't even say certain stuff. Yet. <laughs> Come on, you can talk to me, man. But um, literally, like, um, in America, um, Hogan wanted me to stay out there. Obviously, I don't know if he knows that you can't really stay more than three months if it's an Esther visa. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, I was out there a lot, just working and training and sparring lots of world champions and world title challenges. And I started to really build a big buzz, you know. And obviously, my my advisor, Matt Hamilton, he uh, pulled some strings together 
and obviously instead of instead of fighting in the US I thought you know what I have a lot of fans and I'm still spoken about a whole lot and I'm still relevant even though I've been quite inactive they're, all, they're still all talking about which is obviously a good thing because I have a lot of like I have a lot of people here that really really support me so obviously we've, we've, we've put pen to paper which is going to be announced very very soon about an advert for the fight and everything of where it's going to be and stuff yeah. so it's just really exciting I'm just really being patient even though I've been patient for a long time I think my time is coming and uh, the, the way that I've grown mentally and physically spiritually everything in the past year is definitely going to be a telling factor in how I go about my business in the cruiserweight division yeah the cruiserweight division has um, it's really really picked up domestically and you know you were a big part of that the, the Akoli fight was obviously a it was a major bill and in all honesty, from then, the British cruiserweight scene has been superb. You know, Billam Smith, uh, Dion Juma, React Poor, obviously. It's it's still an exciting time. You know, there's exciting fights available to you. Is that the the short-term goal, to get in them big domestic fights? Or are you just still looking ahead of that? Where, where's your head at regarding, you know, opponents? Um, in regard, regarding opponents, it's never. Re I don't really think it's ever about the opponent. It's never really about the opponents. Obviously, I would like to avenge my loss in the future with um, Akoli, but it's never really about the opponents. I believe that if I'm a hundred percent myself physically and mentally, and I prepare to the best of my being, which I always will try to do, I don't. I think I will not be beaten, especially the way that I am right now. So. Right now, it's never really about it's never really about any certain individual. It's never really about an opponent. It's always about the end goal, which is getting to that WBC world title belt. And I really believe that I will have the opportunity to fight for and win and defend that belt honorably. Yeah, you've you, you touched on it. You put the, the promo, the teaser out of of your return. Um, you can't say too much because it's not like an official press release announcement happened yet. So it's it's kind of delicate. But we know you're back out in it's under eight weeks now, I think. The 28th of March, which is, I think it's nine weeks now. Nine weeks, yeah. So where are you training? What, what's your camp now? Where are you settled in this for this return? What's the situation with that? Oh yeah, I'm going back to Miami in about the next couple of weeks. You know, I've just here, came here to do some promo stuff and to do my medical and all of that stuff, testing stuff. So that's what I came back to do. And okay. obviously when I get over there, then I'm just going to jet back up. But I think everything, all my whole camp, everything is all going to be in Miami because that's just like where I've been improving the most. And the sparring, the sparring is very, very good sparring. And I'm working with some amazing American boxers, some Cuban boxers. Great, great work. So I think that's where I'm learning the most because it's outside my comfort zone. And it just shows that the sacrifice that I'm putting myself through because yeah. I sacrificed New Year's and I sacrificed Christmas. Like on New Year's Day, on Christmas Day, I was watching everyone opening, eating Christmas food and opening presents while I was in Miami by myself. 
you know, that plays a very, very big part mentally, knowing that I sacrificed everything that I could. I know there'll be more Christmases and New Year's in the future for me to enjoy when I have my, my world title belt. But right now, I don't really need to think about that right now. It's just a sacrifice for the future. And most people are really willing to sacrifice that. Yeah. So, Jorge is, uh, is your exclusive trainer, yeah? Yeah. Because obviously, when I seen you in Sutton, he was there, but you also had, um, I think you're still probably good friends with him. Angel Fernandez is a big part of it. Um, yeah. And there's great relationships there. Is that still, um, you know, are you still involved with him? Or he? I know he's doing his own thing, obviously he was involved in the Anthony Joshua camp and stuff. So is there any involvement regarding Angel Fernandez at the minute? Um, yeah, you know, just um, I think it's, uh, what's the word, conflict of interest or some, something, I don't know. <laughs> but um, they'll definitely be there for my fight, me and him. You know, we we still talk and everything, but at a business point of view, I think if it was a lot better for me to go to Miami. You know, it was a lot better for me, and um, I'm always grateful for the things that I've learned from Angel, and I could be working with him in the future, especially when with the fights are bigger and we bring a whole team together. When the fights are bigger, yeah, we really sort out the camp and everything. That's when I'm gonna bring him in again. I'm at the present moment. I'm just really trying to establish my boxing knowledge and really go out there and learn my craft a whole lot and try and be comfortable being outside my comfort zone as much as possible. Yeah. So that's that's, that's the main reason why I've been out there. It's easy to come here and you know because um, in the UK everyone everyone is giving me everything and it's so easy for me and stuff. But when I go out there. It's, I wouldn't say they don't show you respect, but they don't know who you are. Yeah. Over here, it's, it's all good. I appreciate all the support you get stopped all the time. You know, it's easy to get into that. Um, it's easy to let things like that go to your head. You know, like when whenever you're walking, people spin you and people say, yeah, but then I saw your thing on Instagram, whatever, whatever. And everyone's getting excited and stuff and you know there's a lot of distractions friends when I make you go like go out or you know there's always something to do but in Miami I'm 50 minutes away from the beach in like some hood in Hialeah <laughs> so it's I literally don't know anyone I don't need to worry about what I'm wearing or if anyone's gonna see me or if I have a haircut or nothing I'm just out there straight grafting gym and home gym and home gym and home I think that will definitely be paid dividends because when I'm walking out to that ring, I know the sacrifices that I had to endure. It's been very difficult, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's been very, very, very difficult. You know, there are certain times I'm thinking, wow, like, it's really starting to get to me. You know, but I pushed through and, and I came back up. And people will be like, you're crazy, Isaac, for going back there again. Well, if, it, if this is what it takes to be successful, then I'll do it. I'm the type of guy I'll chop my hand off for success. Yeah. So I'm ready, to, I'm ready to do whatever it takes to be the best Isaac that I can be. Yeah, you're certainly paying your dues. And it was a situation where a lot of people were surprised that you didn't get the push under the matching banner. Obviously, people can point to the fact that you headlined a big show, um, you know, a big, big O2 show as it was. But, you know, there's... There's a lot of things that you know people feel could have been done better. You, you weren't really given a path from from an outsider's perspective. This is you know you you may tell me different, but 
it didn't look like there was a, a real path and a, and a backing while you were with Matrim. So I guess, yeah. I, I guess I don't know how that felt for yourself. Um, of course it, it was, um, it was, it was one of those things where they just put everyone in front of me, like anyone in front of me, but I'm kind of thinking that's not really something I can complain about. You just get on and do it. Do you know what I mean? I can't really whine. That's just a cause that's been dealt <laughs> in my hand. So I just have to keep grafting. I just have to keep working and waiting and um, beating whoever is in front of me. And that's what I did. I probably weren't even meant to get to the stage of headlining the O2 where most fighters have never done that their whole career and selling about 12,000, 13,000 tickets. That's more than a whole lot of people, world champions. So I'm blessed. I'm definitely blessed, and I'm grateful for the opportunity of headlining the O2. Um, my my career doesn't finish there, and it, it's I know the type of um the type of support I have from the people. Every big fight that I have, I'll probably sell it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, I'm definitely grateful for that. I'm grateful for that, but, you know, they didn't have a plan for me, but I know God has a plan for me. That's why I've been training so hard, and that's why I've been so diligent, and that's why I've been grafting every day, knowing that it will pay off. You know, some people, it's, it's a weird one, because it's like you don't fail. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it a failure. To, you, know, you know, it's like, I'm trying to word it properly. <laughs> If you learn from the de if you learn from the defeat, it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to be a negative. Like it does, it's, you see Definitely. you see and, it too often. Yeah, and with everything that I've learned, you know, everything I've learned since then, you know, I've learned a whole lot about people. I've learned a whole lot because before that, I, I really believed that I was a bit naive because mm -hmm. obviously I was beating everyone in front of me. Everything was all going good. It was like a straight line, whatever. And then I saw the other side of boxing. Yeah. Has your circle changed? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Big time. Completely. You know, but right now all I can do is just ride the wave and adapt. Ride the wave and adapt. And um I'm just really excited to be getting back in that ring. You know, my my head is more matured. I've learned so much. You know, a complete like and I believe that anyone else, if it was anyone else, they would have packed it in. You know, they would have definitely packed it in. But um I'm just having to be optimistic, optimistic about carrying on and pushing myself and just taking every day as it comes, one by one, just taking every day as it comes. Yeah. Do you think that, what do you think of the division now? Like, is it different from the one you, 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 you left behind? Obviously, I touched on a lot of names earlier, but do you think it's a, it's a tougher division now? It's, it's a more vibrant division? Obviously, the route that I really, I'm really 
to go is the quickest route to that Zombie BC World title. <laughs> so that's that the main thing. You know, I've been speaking to the promoter and everything. That's like, like the main thing that I'm looking to do at the end of the day. You know, so it's all about really, really, really being smart with my career and having a plan. Because before there was no plan and look what I've done. So imagine now with a plan. So it's just, it's really exciting. Yeah. Why the WBC belt? Is it the links because because you trained with Wilder and, and he's got the green belt? Is it the, the fact that you trained with Usyk and he had the green before he took all of them? What's, why the green one? Oh, it's just, it's just been, it's just been my favourite one, man. I've been always looking at it, you know, like, and I just like the way the champions conduct themselves, you know, and um, it's just been, I don't know, I just really like, that's like my favourite belt ever, man, I swear. The dream is you with the green belt you just since you were a kid, yeah? Since I was a kid, man, that's been my dream. And that's, I'm never going to stop fighting for that dream. God willing, bro. God willing. Amen. Um, well, last thing to say, bro. Like, listen, it's, it's been a number of years since since we've I've known you. And I think the first time I met you was just after your York Hall fight with Waddy. And um, we stayed in touch and we, you know, we, we've been cool. But... I, I, as a person, I just I wish you nothing but success, bro. You know this, um, in or outside the ring. I got so much time for you as a man, and I hope it comes together for you, bro. I really do. You know that. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I believe it will. You know, I've paid my dues at the end of the day. You know, I've sacrificed so much and I've worked extremely hard, and it's gotten to the point where the real fight starts from the sixth round onwards. And when you're tired and I'm tired, I know I'll outlast you because I've done this many times in the gym. I've done it many times in life. I've done it many times mentally. You know, so there is no quitting me. You know, I've been through the trenches and I will always come out. I'll always come out punching. You know, I'll, and, and the fact that I've learned and I've sparred and I've worked with all these world champions literally knows that I can definitely, it means I can definitely be at that level. Yeah. So it's just it's just about timing. Everything is timing, and you have to remember as well. You know, I think Robert Martin he put he he um put this out, and it really made me think. Like I'm only 25. Yeah. Everyone in the division is 30, 29, 28. The the youngest is probably Sam Hyde. I think his name is Sam Hyde, 27. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 25. Like. So imagine when I'm that age where I'll be at the level that I'll be at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, and, and, you know, I don't have no, I don't have no kids or nothing. So it's not like when it gets hard and I get hit in the face and shit, I'm thinking, oh shit, I won't think about the kids. No, I'm going, it's do or die, bro. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like a dog on a leash. Do you know what I mean? This boxing is, my, is number one for me right now. It's my whole life. You know, so that's that's what I'm I'm really really obsessed now. Like I've gone, I've, I was obsessed before, but now it's, it's a different thing because I continued even though I had every reason not to. So that's that's why it's it's given me it's given me a whole lot more mental strength. You know, and I think that's what you really need in boxing to have that mental strength to keep going, that composure to keep going, the smartness everything i've been studying i've been learning a whole lot more and i just can't wait to reveal everything on the 28th of march just to show everyone who this new guy is 
I look forward to it, man. I'll be there. Um, the mayor of Brixton, as you just referred to, Rob Martin, people that do know him, don't know him. That guy's probably more excited than you are for your return. He's the only guy that I know anyone from Brixton has where he buys tickets, sells tickets, promotes their shit. What a guy he is, man. Um, he's, the, he's the best guy, man. I swear. I have so much is. time and so much love for him. He is. The guy's a, a fucking legend, man. I, I, I don't say that lightly. He's a good man. He's a good fucking man. And Yeah, listen, nah, we're, we're all buzzing to see you back, man. I'm definitely going to try and make it up there um, 28th of March. I, listen, training in Miami can't be too sad, mate. You're better weather than here, but no, nah, I look forward to the fight, man. Honestly, it's good to, good to see you back, Isaac. Thank you, boss. I really appreciate it. Listen, I'll talk to you soon, mate. You take care, all right? <laughs> see you soon, bro. Bye, mate. So that was Isaac Chamberlain there, obviously buzzing to be coming back. Um, I think the Cruiserweight division is, like I, keep, I, I said it in the interview multiple times, and listen, Isaac's a friend, but that division is hotting up, and there are some great fights and great talent in there. Reactpour, Hyde, uh, Juma, Chris Billum-Smith, there is some exceptional fights in there. Um, Jack Massey just had a great fight with Richie Riakpour So, you know, I'm not sure what level he's coming back at Probably should have asked that But I can't imagine it would be a, a massively tough ask for him You know, in the first fight back for a long time Since the Watkins fight But I think the division's going to do hot up nicely with him in it And like he said, 25 years old That dream he has of winning that WBC world title Is not going to be an easy one However, the, the, no one can doubt a man's self-belief And Listen, he's going to be in some great nights, great fights. Um, this promo that he dropped, obviously, I don't think it actually said who and with, but he's got he's here for press, obviously. But hopefully, this promoter that he's going to be with now backs him and backs him fully and has a plan. He gets he gets to where he belongs, man, because he's a good person. He is a good person. He's not everyone's cup of tea. I guess sometimes he's a little bit outspoken and people say he was boring or whatever. Listen, everyone's allowed their opinion, same as all of us, but he's a good person, man. Like, he is. When you know him, he's a good guy and he's driven for success. He's 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 hungry and I hope he achieves it, you know? I really do. Um, one more interview this episode, I think. I think four interviews is probably the most. Um, otherwise, it would just become a little bit fucking... a bit weird, I guess. I don't know. I guess four is a good number. That'll be Dean, Congo, Isaac, and then the one I'm lining up just now. And I'll see if I can get that sorted and get him on the phone now. Yeah. Umar Sadiq, the top boxer on the phone. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic, thank you very much. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm surviving, mate. You know how it is. Um, yeah. Talk to me. You're back in another big fight, man. This is... you. Whenever I speak to you, you tell me you want these big fights and you've now got one again. Cody Davis. Um, it's only in a couple of weeks. I think 22nd of Feb, is that right? 22nd of Feb is two and a half weeks away. Yeah, it's coming, Umar. How are you feeling about this one? I feel great. You know what? I'm ready to go now. At this point, it's just a matter of just adding that little bit extra because... As you know, like you said, it's a big fight, so any edge you can get, obviously you take it and you grab it. So just adding the little 1% extra on top of what I already have, and then, you know, 22nd of February I get to fly and just shine. He boxed um, Zach Chelly, your, your, you know, your your one pro defeat um, in, yeah. in his last fight. That was light heavyweight, right? Yeah, 
Not a light heavyweight. So, as far as I know, <coughs> as far as I know, the fight was offered to Zach at super middle, but his team wanted it a light heavy. So they did it a light heavy before the light heavyweight British eliminator. And then okay. now they both want to compete at super mid at super midway, which is kind of pointless because they're just taking away someone else's chance of you know boxing and eliminating for a British title at light heavyweight. But that's none of my business. The whole point is the fact that the fight was offered to Zach at super middle suggests that Cody's team have always wanted to box at super middle. So you know the fight was offered to me, and I asked what weight. And they said, what weight, well, when I say they, I mean the guys at Frank Warren Promotions, they said, what weight do you want it at? I said, well, I'm a super middleweight, so we box at super middleweight. Yeah. Cody's team have accepted it. We tried to get a title on the line, but there's literally nothing available at the minute. So we're just going to box anyway. It's an eight-rounder. I think, personally, they're taking it because they're overlooking me. I'm taking it because there's so many reasons to, you know, I need to get myself back up in the mix and he's the guy who beat the guy who beat me and the guy who beat me doesn't want to rematch me so in a roundabout way I'm having a rematch so to speak <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah so for me it makes all the sense for him I have no idea besides I guess maybe they're overlooking me and if that's what they're doing then it's either they're seeing something that I, I'm not aware of or they're making a big mistake I guess we'll find out in the 22nd yeah definitely he's um He's got a big following. He's a he's a Welshman. He's with S Jam Boxing, um, so he's you know people know him who he is. So this is this is definitely a good fight for you, and you're ready for that test again now. Like you you told me you you, you want these fights. Um, so so now it's here. It's it's a couple of weeks away. How's the preparation going? How's the things in the gym? Obviously, you're um, back with your amateur coaches, and everything's everything's going well. Last time we spoke, everything's still good. Everything's still good, man. Things are going brilliantly. We have a very good game plan and a backup to the game plan and another backup to that if that doesn't work. And then tied on to all of that, I'm a thinking boxer. You know, I adapt and I solve problems when I'm in there, considering I have the right warm up. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, yeah, so you know, all is well. I'm really looking forward to this one. And you know, my best asset is going to be adaptability and. You know, no matter what they think they're going to get ready for, unless he's going to bang me out in one punch, which I don't think he's going to, because the guys knocked out three guys out of ten fights, then, you know, they're in for a very hard night. And whether, they, whether or not they know that, I don't really care. I'm just going to go in to beat him up. And, oh yeah, <clears throat> that's what I was trying to answer. You were saying about I've been asking for the big fights and now I've got another one. It's quite simple. A lot of fighters say they want the big fights when they don't. What they really do is they enjoy fighting journeymen having no pressure going into the ring besides how good am I going to look and then everyone going oh you're the next big thing you're great and all of that and they get used to it and they forget what boxing is really about yeah. I actually love boxing you know I did boxing for like three or four years before my first amateur bout just because I loved being in the gym and you know working this craft then <clears throat> on top of that last year I boxed what six times and three of them were like off of Frank Warren shows and I, I didn't get paid for those fights. I mean, I just about was able to cover expenses to get on these shows. But guess what? It's my craft. I love it. I live this life. And when I say I'm going to step up and I want to be tested, or I want to fight the people that I believe I should be fighting, I genuinely mean it. So 
you know, it's proven that I boxed Chelly after three fights. I'm boxing Cody in my 11th fight. There was another undefeated fighter I was meant to be boxed in on the 22nd, and his team pulled out. I was more surprised that they took the fight than the fact that they pulled out, to be fair. But go on, go on, who, who is it? Go on. Yeah, I'm not going to say the name just yet. <laughs> All right. I'll say it if it becomes relevant, but for now, my focus is on Cody, so... That's fair enough. Playing devil's advocate, people could say to you, "Well, you've had one test and you didn't win." Um, yeah. Th th you know th th that can be thrown at you, and it it's not f it's not fair because you it was your third fight or fourth fight, I believe. But it, wh why why is this different? Like you're you're a guy that you say you want the big fights and you take them whenever they're they're viable options. But why would why should people believe that you're somebody who's who needs to be put on notice in this division? So first of all, the only person who needs to believe it is me. However, going by our track records and what we've done in the ring, I'm talking Cody and I, I told you, you understand why people say that because for the most part, most people think they really know boxing, but most people are very basic in understanding of boxing. And the basic way of looking at our history in professional boxing is, you know, we both had 10 fights, he's undefeated, I've lost one, he beat the guy who beat me, so on paper he's definitely the favourite in this fight, to, you know, to the layman, but to someone who really understands boxing and watches the way I box, the way he boxes, the history between, you know, behind what weight he's come down from, the fact that this is my natural weight. There's so many variables to it. And I think it's a lot more complex than simply saying, you know, Uma had a chance once and he scuffed it. And regardless of what the reasons are, I still stand by that was in a an accurate version of myself in the ring that night. However, the reality is I could have not got in the ring if I chose not to. Yeah. I did because I thought I could do it. And I fell short, so I've got to take that on the chin and take it on board on myself. And if anyone's going to give me a hard time for it, then so be it. It's down to me to prove them wrong in this next fight, and I'm well up for it. Yeah, listen, you can't please anyone. No matter what you do, people are always going to be levelling uh, their opinions and abuse at you, no matter what. And, you know, social media is a yeah. fickle place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, fortunately, you know, I, I see these things and I recognise them for what they are, so... They have no emotional impact on me and they have no impact on me in terms of my mindset and my self-belief or anything like that. So, you know, it's calm. Like, people are free to say what they're going to say. They're always going to say what they're going to say. What really matters is the performance in the night. That's literally the only thing that matters. Because like, everyone can write me off now. I don't mean to bring his name in, but like, check this out. Like, AJ Ruiz. Ruiz was like, pretty much written off by everyone. But when it's all, when it's all said and done... All that really matters at the end is what happened on the night. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. And like I said, I understand why a lot of basic people are having the favourite. But again, after the 22nd, which is only two and a half weeks away, they'll be thinking otherwise. So I'm alright with that. Most definitely. Um, because this is an uh, informal chat, you and me back on the Fight Talk podcast, I want to ask questions that I want to ask rather than, you know, on the bigger platforms, boxing, social and stuff. I, wa I watched the vegan documentary the other day. Now, I know you're a vegan athlete, right? Yeah. Tell me about the positives. I know this, this might be going way off track and probably really off script. <laughs> but I watched this vegan documentary and it was saying how so many athletes are, are now following this diet. I don't know many pro boxers and especially boxers to your standard um, at the moment that are, that are vegan athletes. It, what, what are the positives that you see from this? <laughs> 
so just for full disclosure, because I don't I don't like to mislead people or anything. I am vegan majority of the times. On holidays, I'm vegetarian, and like from time to time, I might have something that might have dairy in it or traces of dairy in it. But yeah, typically I'm on a plant-based diet. Now, I started doing it before I knew of it being a craze, and it was something that just happened naturally. So I stopped eating pork when I was a teenager, and then I stopped eating red meat just for, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but I'm quite, I'm on a spiritual journey and on a spiritual path. So, you know, morally it didn't feel right to be killing animals for the purpose of eating them. Mm-hmm. Especially I started the red meat, and then ultimately it went on to finding out health reasons why I shouldn't be eating chicken or fish. So, you know, and dairy as well, I already cut out anyway, because I watched a documentary one time that just put me off. I'm, gonna, I'm going for a tunnel now, actually, Sam, so it might cut out, you know. If it does, I don't know if you, I hope you've got a technology to put this back on. I got you, I saw it. I'll, I'll find a way. Right, cool, <laughs> cool. Right, so, in terms of what I feel from it, again, for me, it's mostly... My spirit feels more pure. I feel like I'm more in tune with nature. Now I'm standing like a tree hugger. But I also feel clean and light. And, you know, everyone's got their ideas on what they should be doing and the fact that fighters shouldn't be, or fighters need meat for protein. You know, I don't even take protein shakes. But in contrast, my teammates or friends who eat me, they take protein shakes. And then people say, all right, well, take away the protein, but you need meat for aggression. And then I say, well, I had six fights in 2019 and I knocked out five of the guys. So what are you telling me that I'm lacking? So I don't know. I'm not here to preach it to anyone. I'll do it because it works for me. It makes me feel good. And of course, I'm an advocate for it, but I won't try to impose it on anybody. But that's exactly why I asked, because I haven't seen you sort of trying to throw it down people's throats and stuff. But obviously, I'm aware of it. And it's just something that it, it it kind of intrigues me because... There's been this myth for a long time, yeah, eat your meat, get your strength, etc. But there are some real benefits to, to veganism and when it comes to your, your the body. Yeah, so. It's things like reduced inflammation, some meats, especially processed meats, have been linked to be carcinogenic, so, you know, to cause cancer or provoke cancer. Then, you know, things like diabetes, high blood pressure. Of course, all saturated fat comes from animals, you know, that sort of stuff. So, like, when you think about it, there's so many health benefits why you shouldn't be doing it. And again, what I'm always happy to do is give information on it and educate people on it. And then what they do with themselves is totally up to them because, of course, you all have free will. Definitely, definitely. Um, Top Boxer Sadiq, thank you for your time as always. Always good catching up with you, my friend. And in a fortnight's time, I hand on my heart, hope you get... You put on that show that you, you, you're more than capable of doing, my friend. And yeah, mate, it should be a good fight and I look forward to it. Thanks for, thanks for the phone call, mate. I appreciate the time. Yeah, listen, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks to all the listeners who've listened this far. And if you've listened this far, you probably now want to know my social media. So Top Boxer Sadiq, get on there. And I hope you guys all have a good week. Well, guy, okay. I'll speak to you soon, Umar, right? Cheers. Take Bye. care, mate. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Fan, final interview, the fourth interview, Umar Sadiq. Um, yeah, I just wanted, you know, this is going to... I'm not sure if it's been a success. Obviously, I'll put it out and gauge people's um, reactions. And I will be asking for honest feedback. I know I'm going to get some negative. Um, and I'd expect it. And it's the only way I'm going to get better at it if I decide to keep going with this format. We'll see how it goes for a few weeks. Um 
but Dino, Chris Congo, Isaac Chamberlain and Umar Sadiq are four guys that I've known for a long time and have good relationships with. So they were the, that's the kind of chats I, I think I want um, pretty informal um, with guys that I know and they, they trust me. And that's why I can, you know, I'll still be able to do these kind of podcasts, whether or not there's enough content in the middle. That's definitely up for debate. And, you know, if I'm honest, sitting here right now, I don't know if it is enough, but it may be, maybe people don't want massive in-depth breakdowns and fucking, do you know what I mean? Like really fucking overboard analysis of stuff. So I will talk about fights when there's someone that I give a fuck about. But right now, there's there's not in, in the short term. This weekend is the Kell Brook fight. Dave Allen's return. But nothing that really really grabs anyone you know excitement levels aren't rising over this one so yeah listen i think anyone that's got this far for listening i don't know how long it is when i put it all together um hopefully the audios were acceptable enough that you could hear everything that was being said even if they weren't perfect um yeah this is this is the fight talk podcast with me again after a long time sam o'reilly thank you for listening this far in and honestly give me your feedback please um let me know what you think of it. Drop me a DM, whatever. I appreciate you getting this far into the podcast. Peace.